It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome to Locked On Vikings on a Friday. My name's Sam Extra. I'm joined by Sage Rosenfels, the former Giants, Texans, Vikings, Dolphins, and Redskins quarterback. I'm a Minnesota Vikings beat writer, coldomaha.com, and the Cumulus Media Network. Thanks for joining us. Show number 115 today, January 20th, Inauguration Day. Hope you're all having a fine morning. Sage, there's a very specific theme today for the show. The theme is current or former Minnesota superstars going on sports shows and saying things that Minnesota fans don't want to hear. It's a very specific theme, but uh, have you heard about these stories? I'm definitely aware of the Adrian Peterson story where he mentioned uh, have an interest if the Vikings release him uh, of playing for the New York football Giants. That's the story that I uh, know best. That's one of them. Let's play the audio. Adrian Peterson going on first take on ESPN yesterday. There's a couple of teams out there. Adrian, let's... There's a couple of teams out there that I thought about, you know, but uh, you know, you New want... York is one of them that popped up, Tampa Bay, you know, um, Keep going. Yeah, we want to hear. Okay. Keep going. It's all right. Hard to tell if that's first take or pardon the interruption with all the interruptions coming from Stephen A. Smith and whoever was hosting at the desk on first take. But Adrian managed to sneak out that he'd consider the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Houston Texans, or the New York Giants. A couple things to unpack here. Question numero uno. Does Adrian think he's making a good move by making these public remarks how is this benefiting him and how are the vikings likely reacting well it it seems to be a sort of another situation in a long line of situations where it seems like uh, you know the vikings get put in a tough spot they can't really react to it too much uh, and i don't think they will um you know the minnesota vikings have paid adrian adrian peterson a lot of money over his career. And, and I feel like they have stuck by him. I feel like they've done right by him throughout his career. And I understand there's sort of a political game going on here, and, and Adrian's trying to use his leverage that he would be excited for other options. But to me as a football player, uh, now as a football fan, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like the fact that he's not being what I think very loyal uh, to the organization that I feel has – done him right time and time again uh, despite the issues that have happened in the past uh, I think he's been treated very very fairly by the Will family and the organization and and I think you should be loyal to them until you know until they they may have to release him which they, they probably will 
or at least ask them to take a pay cut here in the, in the coming months. If you look at the salary rankings for running backs, it's just laughable for next year. Adrian Peterson, number one by a long shot at $18 million. Then way down after a gigantic chasm at number two, Jamal Charles, $7 million. Then number three, you've got Jonathan Stewart, 6.25. DeMarco Murray, 6.25. LaShawn McCoy, same number. Your top five are all $7 million or under, except Adrian, who's clear up at $18 million. Clearly, there needs to be a concession on Adrian's part. So I don't think he exactly has leverage here. I don't think the reality is that if Adrian goes on this show and makes these statements, I don't think he's going to be inciting any panic in the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not sure the Vikings value Adrian as much as he believes they do. I think, if anything, the Vikings see this and say, this is just another nuisance, another fly that we have to swat away. This is going to make our decision easier. I'm not sure Adrian's inciting any kind of desperation within the Minnesota Vikings brain trust by going on first take and saying he wants to play for the Giants or the Bucks or the Texans. This might be time. This might be time where they say enough is enough. Uh, and Adrian may go somewhere else next year and, and have a great year. Uh, but he is a running back now, you know, over 30, I believe. Uh, his, his salary cap is triple, uh, or I should say his salary is triple probably what it should be, even if he was coming off a, of a solid, you know, 14, 1,500-yard season. I mean, those names you just mentioned, LaShawn McCoy and, and Jamal Charles and these guys are making $6 million a year, and he's making three times that. So uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Again, obviously, he's going to need to take a huge pay cut this year. I'm not sure what that number is. He gave the Vikings almost zero production last year. Uh, it's hard to – we talk about the leverage issue. I, I feel like he has almost no leverage. Uh, the Vikings moved on without him. Uh, obviously, the running game was, was crappy last year, but I think that had as much to do with you know, the offensive line, those types of things. And the thing with the draft of free agency – that's a pretty easy position anymore. And look at the New England Patriots and some other teams to go out and find somebody, and you don't have to spend huge numbers on the running back anymore. It's just sort of the way the business models have gone, gone with the NFL. The quarterbacks are making a lot of money, you know, left tackle, pass rusher. But running backs, unless you're premier, really aren't making that much money, and a lot of really good teams are getting through and into the playoffs with really just sort of average running backs and good offensive line play. Uh, so I don't think Adrian has, has any leverage in this situation. And, uh, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think the Vikings at some point, as you said, that this is a nuisance. At some point, maybe enough is enough. He was a great player. He hasn't done much for us lately. He's costing us way too much. He's saying things in in uh, about our organization or, or he's saying things that are affecting our organization and, and putting us in a, in a bad situation. And uh, it, it, might, it might be, you know, enough is enough. Fairness to Adrian, he has said a couple times, well, I'd like to retire a Viking, but what I don't think is the the added uh, addendum there is that I want to retire as a Viking and be paid a crap load of money, and I just don't think the Vikings are going to make that concession, and it's tough to believe Adrian's really feeling loyalty if he's already thinking about where his next destination is going to be. And by the way, I'm not sure any of those destinations are all that 
realistic. Maybe Tampa Bay, but Houston just gave a lot of money to Lamar Miller. The Giants are more of a shotgun-oriented offense. I'm not sure that they would want a high-priced running back. And maybe the Buccaneers, a team that could use some, some more fan interest, a team that feels like they're on the rise, warm weather climate for Adrian. Maybe that would help extend his career. But I'm not sure if Adrian's really interested in winning titles that the Buccaneers are a great uh, destination for him. We're chalking that up to our player evaluation for the day, the Adrian Peterson situation. But what was his rushing totals for last year? Did he have 100 yards rushing for the entire 2016 no. season? I think he had 72. 72 and yards rushing, and he thinks he's worth $18 million. <laughs> we'll, just leave, we'll just leave it right there. Yeah. For all you fans out there who are making 50 grand a year, or 30 grand a year, or 60 grand a year, he wants $18 million for 72 yards. <laughs> The reality is, is that the NFL pays based on what you are worth today. Adrian's perception is that he's worth what he was valued at in 2009 or 2010. It's not going to cut it for Adrian Peterson. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. So part number two in our theme of the day, former or current athletes saying things on TV that you didn't want to hear. Randy Moss. Are you familiar with Randy Moss? Any run-ins with the former Vikings legend? I have met Randy Moss a time or two in my life, and 10 grand don't mean much to him, but 10 grand means a lot to me. Straight cash, homie. That's right. (laughs) Well, he went on the, the new TNT show, Area 21, with Kevin Garnett last night as his special guest. And he had some very interesting things to say about his time in Minnesota. Here's the quote from Randy Moss. When I was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, Coach Denny Green pulled the trigger. We had a bond. It was more like a father-son bond. I felt like he wanted me there in Minnesota. But after he left, it felt like they did not want Denny's players there in Minnesota anymore. So if I could go back in time and change things, I probably would have left after the 15-1 season. That's just crazy. It's just how football is. It's not the game. It's the business. So basically what Randy's saying is he would have liked to leave Minnesota after his rookie season, which is strange on a number of different levels. Number one, he was a rookie. So it's not like a rookie has a lot of negotiating leverage to leave his current location when he's a rookie. He's still under contract for multiple seasons. Second of all, he had nearly won a Super Bowl with one of the greatest historical rookie seasons of all time, and there was great hope of winning another championship next year or the year after that. Also, he was beloved in the city. It's not like he had any issues with popularity in the Twin Cities. And finally, Denny Green was still the coach the following season. Denny Green was the Vikings coach until 2001. So it's not like that bond that Moss had with Green was broken. So with all that being considered, the remarks are a little bit strange. Maybe he mixed up his years. Maybe he was just insinuating that the rookie year was so great that everything else paled in comparison. But it doesn't feel good for Minnesota fans, especially people reared in the 1990s, to hear Randy Moss say he wanted out after 1998. No, uh, I'm sure not. And uh, I'm sure, that, you know, this is interesting. This is two, you know, really of the greatest players in Vikings history, running back and wide receiver, who on the same day 
you know, made curious comments. And, uh, and to me, it's a little bit ups, uh, unsettling because, you know, I did not grow up a Vikings fan, even though I grew up in eastern Iowa. I, I, I totally grew up watching, you know, the, the NFC North, the, the black and blue division, was more of a college football fan as youth in the state of Iowa since we don't have pro football. But I, I have learned over the years how passionate uh, Vikings fans are and how much they love their team and, and how much uh, effort they go to, you know, tailgating when it's zero degrees out, going to the football games, uh, and, and that, and that, and that uh, home field advantage that the Vikings have, a lot of teams don't have. And even when they're, very, even when they're average, even when they're below average, the Vikings fans show up. And it, it, it's unsettling to, to hear one of the greatest receivers of all time in Vikings history and, and probably the greatest running back of all time in Vikings history uh, say negative comments about the city or, or the organization. It is so, so tough to go out a hero wherever you are. And I know Chad Greenway is not revolutionary like a Moss or a Peterson, but for Greenway to have spent his whole career in Minnesota scandal-free and kind of go out on his terms, that is just so rare. And for superstars, it's even rarer. For someone who's as transformational as Peterson or Moss, if you can somehow stick with your, your team for an entire career – that requires a once-in-a-lifetime generational-type player, which is why you have to admire the Kobe Bryants and the Tim Duncans who were able to pull that off in the NBA. There you have it, our theme for the day, players going on TV and saying dumb things, uh, which leads us to our NFC-AFC championship predictions. We'll start with Green Bay and Atlanta. Sage, we broke this down at length with Bill Huber of Locked On Packers yesterday. People can go back and podcast that. But does Green Bay stay hot? They've beaten New York. They've beaten Dallas. Can they upset Atlanta and send Rodgers to his second Super Bowl? Or does Atlanta hold serve on their home field and go to their first Super Bowl since 98? you got to think Atlanta's going to win this football game. They're playing extremely well. They're playing at home. Matt Ryan had a career year, probably you know, will be the MVP or will be the runner-up, one of the two. And, and I think this football team... Uh, is uh, you know a very good football team and, uh, and and I think that the Packers right now, Aaron Rodgers is working magic, but at some time, that's gonna that's gonna come to an end and and that secondary for uh, Green Bay is so weak and I just don't know how they're gonna keep up with these wide receivers and, and Julio Jones and and those two running backs for Atlanta. So I see Atlanta winning this football game. I think the magical run here of the end of the season for the Packers finally comes to an end. I am actually going to take Green Bay again. I'm sort of riding this Green Bay wave. I just think that Rodgers, even though Ryan's probably the MVP, I just think Rodgers is the better quarterback. He is right now in such a zen state where there's no situation that I feel would flap him. I think if he was down 21 points in the first half, I would still have confidence that he'd find a way to battle back. Like we talked about in the Dallas Green Bay game, there's not going to be a lot of defense played. Each defense will be asked to come up with one, maybe two game-changing plays. But otherwise, there's probably not going to be many punts, maybe three punts combined in the entire game. I just think Rodgers gets it done in the fourth quarter. We saw it against Dallas. We saw it against New York in the second half. He was fantastic. The Packers are winning in the clutch, unlike they've done in past seasons. It may come down to another Mason Crosby knuckleball to sneak over the upright again. But I think Green Bay gets it done. 37-35 shootout. Very good game to watch. Should be a very good game. Should be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I think of the two games this weekend, this is going to be better of the two. Patriots-Steelers game is probably going to be a lot lower scoring. I think back to the Broncos-Patriots game last year, which I want to say was 18-16. 
final score in the Mile High City. Again, you've got the home Patriots, Brady coming off, maybe a rocky game against Houston, but still, it's New England at home taking on a pretty spry Steelers team who I think is going to give them a contest. Yeah, you know, I think this game, uh, the, the Steelers are sure one of those teams that, you know, they could magically win this game. I'd give them about a 20% chance of winning it. Uh, I, I think it's sort of like what I said about the Packers, their magical run here will, will come to an end. Uh, they also somehow had, I think, six players come down with the flu uh, and not even be able to go speak at the press conference or, or, uh, or practice yesterday. So uh, that team looks like it's, you know, some of their players are stumbling in here into the biggest game of the season. So it's just so hard to go against Tom Brady uh, and the New England Patriot team. If he, if he gets in, this is his seventh Super Bowl uh, in his career, which is just amazing. Almost 50% of the, of the seasons that he's played, he will have made it to a Super Bowl. So I think this is the 11th AFC Championship game, and uh, all that experience on his side and his team side and, and with Bill Belichick playing at home, uh, I got to go with the Patriots in this one, and, and probably by you know 10 to 14 points. I'm going to take New England as well. I, I don't think that Brady throwing up what people are calling a clunker against Houston, I don't think that's really that significant. I think Brady's going to get it done. He's on his home field. I just think New England is too good. They seem to have discovered Deion Lewis to be a really, really valuable offensive weapon. I'm going to take the Patriots by nine in this game. Really quickly, do you think the Antonio Brown Facebook live kerfuffle had anything to do with the way these teams are preparing for this game? No, zero. Nothing at all. Nothing whatsoever. I think the way uh, Mike Tomlin was in that press conference uh, was probably much more heated than he actually was in real life. I think that he had to make a statement, you know, for other members of the football team and, and you know, to, to prove in the organization sort of who's in charge and, and what the uh, – uh, the level of professionalism needs to be uh, as, a, as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And uh, so I think that was a, a small issue, and they'll, they'll move on, and, and I don't think it'll affect the game at all. Sage has Patriots-Falcons. I've got Patriots-Packers in the Super Bowl. A lot of alliteration there. We'll see who's right, and we'll break it down on Monday on Lockdown Vikings. Sage, have a spectacular weekend. Have a great weekend to yourself. At Sage Rosenfels 18, I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. We had some time constraints today. Didn't get to Frugal Fridays, one of our favorite segments. Maybe we'll do a Money Mondays to make up for it. Another quick reminder, you can advertise on the show. Just email me, LockedOnVikings at gmail.com. Studies show those who listen to podcast ads far more likely to consume the product than through other media forms. This has been Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Talk to you all on Monday. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. 
From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked on Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked on Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.